So let me tell you, if you're new to North Park, maybe this is your first time, um, or you've been here a while and you've just not really taken that next step, uh, we created a place for you called Next Steps. And it happens immediately following service. It's not very long. It's just a place where you can go. And if you have questions about how to take that next step, um, this is a place for you. So it's right in the lobby. Look for the sign that looks like that. It says Next Steps. Um, There'll be somebody there to answer any questions that you have. If you want to join a life group, this is a place to go. If you want to jump in and serve, this is a place to go. If you've just got some random question, if you've not been able to figure it out yet, this is the place to go. But not only do Go to our website, uh, North Park RDU, and, and download those. You can download those from um, your Apple iTunes podcast. Um, you can also, we have a YouTube channel, and all of those videos are there. You can actually subscribe to that, um, and, and they just kind of show up uh, 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 just automatically. It's really funny. My mom and dad, um, my mom and dad uh, called me this week, and they're like, we've just been watching the North Park Messages on loop. We figured out how to get YouTube on our TV, all right? My parents are, are like 80, so if they they can figure this out, I'm pretty confident you can. We want to make it super simple for you um, to just grab hold of God's word and grow as we walk through this life together. Reboot, what is that about? We've been talking about this idea that there are seasons in our life where we just kind of need to refresh. We just need to reboot. We need to get things back on track. Uh, maybe you've gotten way off track and you need to bring it back to center. Maybe you're just having a hard time staying focused. We've just just trying to figure out how to stay focused on this life that Jesus has called us to live. And what we know is every great team and every great organization and and company, every great church, um, every person must be willing to make some necessary adjustments in their life to stay on track. We've been using this verse out of Proverbs, Proverbs 21 and 5, that says this, good planning and hard work. That's a great formula. And what's the result of that? It leads to prosperity. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. And so what we're saying is, there's this life, this vision that you have in your life that that you want to pursue and you want to live out. Uh, But the reality is, unless you have a plan, that's probably not going to just happen by default. I've kind of learned in my life that that when I just kind of put it on cruise control and allow things to just happen... The result of what just happens, that kind of living by default, is not usually what it is that we want in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Uh, We've said over the last few weeks, nobody ever planned to be poor. Nobody ever planned to be overweight. Nobody ever planned to be out of shape, lazy, unemployed. Like, we don't plan those things. I mean, nobody ever said, you know, what I really want is to not have a job and not know where my next paycheck is. Like, we we don't set out for that. I think that's what happens when we don't have a plan. 
So we've kind of created this plan over the last few weeks, and, and we've, we've referred to it as these four buckets. And, and, and if you can just come imagine, we're going to put it all on the screen for you at one time just to refresh your mind today, but we've talked about these four buckets in our life, um, our faith, our family, or just relationships in our life, um, our finances, and, and our personal fitness. We have to make a deposit in those buckets every single day consistently um, to truly like go after what it is that God has put in our heart. And I think each one of those things are really important. So it's not like, oh, well, I can do really well in this one or, or this these two, but uh, three and four, I'm not really going to pay attention to that. If we do that, we're going to be out of balance and we're not going to experience all that I believe God wants us to experience as, as we follow him. And I know some of you are thinking, but what about that fitness thing? Is that really that big a deal? I think it is. I think it's a big deal. Uh, because what I've discovered is when I'm investing in my life and, and, and I'm taking care of this body, the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? When I do that, when I, when I make a deposit in that bucket, all of a sudden I have more energy and focus to pay attention to the other buckets. Does that make sense? And, and I also believe that you have a very specific purpose in your life, like a calling that God has placed on your life. And, and, and I believe that, that you have the opportunity to truly change the world for some people in your life. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that one person fully committed to Jesus can change the world. I believe that with everything I have within me. Now, here's my, here's my, my thinking. If I take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit and I'm able to live a healthy life and live longer than I would had I not taken care of this temple, then, then, then chances are I can live on purpose for a lot longer. I can live on mission for a lot longer and I can make a bigger impact for a longer period of time. Does that make sense? So every one of these buckets are so, so radically important. But I truly just kind of want to dive in back to that faith bucket. Uh, because if there's anything that I really want for you as a church family, if there's anything that I really want for you as, as your own family, is, is that you have this intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. As we talked last week, so often we can go through the motions and, and, and do the church thing and, and do what we think is the right thing, but I think often we can do that for the wrong reasons. I, I think we can do that because we kind of buy into this mentality that, well, that's just the right way to live. I mean, that's just, that's just the best way to live. Like, I've looked at all the other options and, and this, this, this following Jesus lifestyle is, is just a better way to live when you look at all the other ways that I could live. And I think we can do that apart from having a personal relationship with Jesus. And if we do that, we're not experiencing the life that Jesus called us to experience. I mean, he didn't die on a cross for you to just go through the motions. He didn't rise from the dead just so that you could kind of have a lifestyle to live. I think he did those things. I know he did those things so that you could have a personal relationship with him. And to have that personal relationship with him, there's some things that we've got to, some seed that we've got to sow in our life. Now, here's what I want you to write down, okay? Some of you are taking notes, and, and, and hopefully this is something you can go back and look at. And this is a really important one, all right? Here it is. Reaping is not optional. You are going to reap whatever it is that you sow in your life. 
Now, sowing is, is, is optional. You can choose not to sow things in your life. You can choose not to sow seed. But, but every day, I believe that you are sowing into different areas of your life. And reaping is not optional. You will reap what it is that you sow. So the question is, what are you sowing? Are you sowing in this personal relationship with Jesus? Are you putting yourself in these buckets that we've been talking about? Or are you sowing your time, your focus, your energy in unhealthy things, things that God doesn't want for you? And the reality is you're going to reap that too. It's just not going to be reaped in a way that you want it reaped in your life. Reaping is not optional. And so you may sit back and say, well, Pastor, what's the big idea? Like, what's, what's the thing you want to see get today? Your faith should be personal. It should be personal. And if you, if you ask anybody who has what you would describe as an intimate personal relationship with God, right? If, you, if, if, if I said, who's somebody in your life that, that you think has a great relationship with God and they just kill it in that faith bucket and, and you just feel like they're walking with Jesus hand in hand every day, there's probably somebody that comes to your mind, somebody that you know like that. And I guarantee you, if you went to that person and you asked them that question, I bet they would tell you like the key to it is having an intimate prayer life every single day. I, I, in fact, I, I bet if, 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 you, if you Googled most influential Christians in history, all right, if you Googled that, I bet we would all expect to find one person on every one of those lists. Anybody want to guess what it is? Like Billy Graham, right? I mean, we saw, like, when you, when you think of, like, most influential Christians in history, like, uh, we here in, in, in North Carolina, we think Billy Graham, right? Well, Billy Graham, before he passed away, his, his grandson, Will, did an interview with him. And he asked his grandfather a few questions. And this is what Billy Graham said. Pray, pray, pray. My grandfather said to me, this is Will writing, sitting in front of the fireplace in that log home that he and my grandmother built from the ground up in the 50s. And then he added, study, study, study. And Billy Graham, at the end of his life, looked back on everything that he had done and everything that he had accomplished and all of those incredible stadiums that he filled and all those people who came down and received salvation. This is what he said. He said, if I had to go back and do it all over again, those are the two things I would have done more of. And I'm like, okay, if Billy Graham doesn't think he prayed and studied enough, like we are way, you know, we're way off track, right? It's kind of the way, way our minds think. But, but here's this guy who followed Jesus for so many years, and, and we kind of look at this guy as, as man, he, he, he really was a, a, an influential man of God. And, and at the end of the day, what he says is more than anything, like we need to pray. We need to stay on our faces, we need to pray, and we need to, we need to study his word. And then he says this, I wish I knew the Bible as well as your grandmother. She knows it better than anyone I've ever met. And we could have done, listen to this, we could have done so much more if we'd have taken fewer speaking engagements and spent more time on our knees in prayer. See, I think we kind of think we'll accomplish more if we'll go do more. Like, I can change the world. We can make an impact. We can do something if we'll actually go out there and, and, and do it. But, 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 but I believe what, what he is saying is what, what the word says is we've got to spend time on our knees. Like, we've got to spend time in this personal relationship with God. It sounds a lot like Paul, what he writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 
And, and this is what Paul says. Paul says, rejoice always, all the time. In every situation, in every circumstance, we've got to find a way to rejoice in that. And I know that's hard. I know that sounds counterintuitive. Like, I, I struggle when, when James tells us to count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. Like, how do you do that? Like, when you're walking in the fight of your life and, and, and you're struggling to even make it through the day, like, how do you find joy? in that? How do you rejoice in that situation? Somehow we've got to rejoice in the middle of our trial and Paul says, do this pray without ceasing. Like don't stop just keep praying. And in everything that you walk through just keep giving thanks. But then look at the next phrase. Okay, It, it doesn't say for this is a suggestion that Jesus gave to you. It doesn't say, this is a high priority on your list. Jesus said so. Instead, this is what it says. For this, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. Paul says, for this, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And we're always searching for, what's God's will for my life? Like, what's God want me to do? What does God want me to do next? Like, we're constantly seeking, what is God's will? What is God's will? What is God's will? It's probably the most, like, most frequent question that I get as a pastor. How do you know God's will? We all want to know God's will. Right here it is. Rejoice. And what you're going through today, rejoice. Pray and don't stop. Keep praying. You just keep praying. You just keep praying. You just keep praying. And in everything that you're going through, just give him thanks. That's God's will for you. That's God's will for you. I went to a pastor of mine, and, and, and this was years ago, and, and I said, how, how, like, how do I know like, what God really wants for me? Like, I want to know God's will for my life. I, I want to know that perfect plan. I want to follow him. It's, it's not about an obedience thing. I'll obey him if I just knew what it was, right? And, and I'll never forget what he said. He said, Anthony, here's what you got to get. Like 90% of God's will for you has already been laid out in his word. What you want is you want that revelation of the Holy Spirit where there's maybe that 10% you don't know yet, right? And, and, he, and, and, and I agreed. I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to know. So why don't you show me that? And he's like, if you're not paying attention to the 90% that he's already given you in his word, then why on earth is he going to reveal the rest of his will to you? So let's get in his word. Let's study his word. Let's let his word be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And let's actually do what it says. Let's let our faith be personal. And and maybe you would say, I don't know how. Like, I don't know how to have that kind of relationship. I don't know how to pray that way. I, I, I get down on my knees and I start praying and I start really good. Lord, I pray that, that you would do this and I pray that you would do that. And I wonder if State's going to win this next weekend when they play. Did I get my tickets? Ah, I forgot to call about my tickets. I, like, all of a sudden, like, I remember, anybody else do that? Like, your mind goes in a million different directions. And, and, and you think, man, pray without ceasing. I'm supposed to pray all the time. Like, I pray for four minutes and I don't know what else to pray for, right? It, it's 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 truly a relationship that you walk in. Some of you are like, have you been watching me pray? I, I just, you know, it's human, right? It's, it's how we all struggle. It really is. But this is, this, is, this is the same struggle that the disciples had who were actually walking with Jesus. And Jesus was talking so much about prayer. I mean, he was, he was teaching about prayer. He was telling them, when you pray, do this. And when you pray, don't do this. And, and finally, somebody spoke up and said, Jesus, 
will you teach us to pray? Like we're here with you and we're hearing you talk about this and we watch you do this, but, but if I'm honest, we're just not getting it, okay? And so that's kind of how some of us are. And, and this is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Say it with me. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now, now what was Jesus doing? Was he giving us... Um, a prayer that we could specifically pray and recite um, as, as we pray. Was he doing that? Yeah, I think he was. I think, I think we can certainly use that verse of scripture that way. I mean, there's a lot of times when I just start my prayer that way. Uh, but I believe more than that, it's a model for prayer. I believe it's a model of how we should come before him. To come before him giving him praise and recognizing who he is and, 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 and admitting that, that we have needs in our life and we're going to come and ask him to, 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 to provide for us every single day our daily bread. I mean this idea of may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like I pray that all the time and I'll just stay right there. Lord I pray that your will would be done like right here in my heart as it is in heaven. That your will would be done in my family as it is in heaven, that your will would be done at North Park as it is in heaven, that your will would be done in Raleigh as it is in heaven. Like all of a sudden this prayer, it becomes a model for us. Lord, don't lead me into temptation. Deliver me from evil today. God, you know the temptations I face. You know the things that I struggle with. God, I lay those things before you and I'm asking you to, to deliver me from those things. And, and don't even let me walk into those things in my life. You know, forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. God, you know the people that hurt me. You know those idiots in my life that I'm struggling to forgive. God, help me forgive them again today. God, help me forgive them again tomorrow. Do you see what I'm saying? Like this becomes a model for us to pray but if you don't get the first part you won't get the rest of it our father in heaven hallowed be your name now, now what does that mean it, it, it means you are my father and you you are holy your name is holy what that says is I should start if I'm looking for a starting point, if I need like step one, all I'm going to give you today, here is step one, make this thing personal. Like when you're spending time with Jesus, when you're depositing in that faith bucket, when you open the word of God, when you get on your knees to pray, or you're sitting beside you know, somebody in traffic and you're behind the wheel and you pray, wherever it is you find to pray, make this personal. We're not lobbying prayers up to someone who may or may not be listening. Prayer is a dialogue. It's talking and it's listening with our Heavenly Father. And why does that matter? Let me tell you why it matters. Because we can't, listen to this, this is good, okay? Because we cannot get closer to God than our concept of Him will allow. We will not grow any closer in this relationship with Jesus than our concept of him will allow us to. 
If we believe that he is a distant God who doesn't care about us, it's going to be very difficult for us to have faith that he's actually listening. If we believe that he's out to get us, that he's against us, we're, we're going to have a hard time getting really motivated to pray, right? My first major obstacle in my prayer life has to do with my concept of who he is. And for so long, I'll be honest, I'll tell you who he was. I thought he was my sixth grade teacher. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I, I thought that he was, he was this person who was standing over my shoulder just waiting for me to step out of line even a little bit. And then he was going to take that ruler and he was just going to pop me on the back of the head. Do you know what I mean? And I truly, I'm being gut level honest with you, for a long time in my life, that's the way I saw God. Some of you see God like Santa Claus, right? I just need something. He just gives it. You know, like, like how we view him shapes how we approach him. And if we view him as some teacher who was about to take us out, like no offense on our teachers because you guys are our heroes, but you're terrifying, okay? And, and let's, be, let's be honest. I mean, just think about teachers. How many teachers did you have that you felt like you could have a personal relationship with? Maybe one? Like in all my years of, 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 of college, all my years of, of elementary school, middle school, high school, um, college, like graduate school, all, all, I had a personal relationship with two teachers. A high school teacher and a college professor. That's all. I didn't have a relationship with these people I spent time with every single day. I didn't even like them most of the time, right? But if somehow, like, we approach God like that, then, then we're not going to pursue a personal, intimate relationship with him. And so most of my prayers consisted of me begging for his forgiveness. Because I felt like I was such a bad person. He's not annoyed by you. He's not threatened by you. You are the apple of his eye. And there is nothing more precious than you. And, and, and think about this. He can't wait for you to wake up tomorrow morning because he gets to hear your voice. I mean, how amazing is that? Like, we think about the fact that, man, his, his mercies are new every day. I can't wait to get up tomorrow morning and experience his mercies. They are new every single day. And he can't wait for you to wake up in the morning because he gets to hear your voice. You were the apple of his eye. And for so long, I'm just going to be honest. For me, prayer was an obligation. It was something that I needed to do. And if I did not do it, I felt guilty. Can I just, can I just, I need you to get this today. Prayer is not an obligation. It is an opportunity to know Jesus on a personal level. That's what prayer is. I've, I've been so blown away by my daughter this year. The last couple of years, she's, she's just growing in such a beautiful young woman. And, and, um, and, and I'm so proud of what God's doing in her life. And the thing that I've learned from her more than anything else over the last two years since she's been away at school is how important prayer is and what a difference it makes in your life. And so I've asked her to come help me share a little bit about that day. So would you give my daughter a big hand as she comes? Come on. It's a little bit of a surprise. Mom didn't even know she was doing that today. Yeah. Baby girl, I love you. I'm so proud of you. You look beautiful. 
If you break her heart, I'll kill you. Okay. <laughs> Set it public. Ah. Amen. Amen. I'm just kidding, Thomas. I love you. Like this. Yeah, yeah, sit like this. Is that comfortable? You gotta choose the leg. Mom always tells me don't sit like this. It's rude. Okay, so gotta do that. Yeah. So I, I just wanna know like what what is the Lord teaching you about prayer, babe? Um I've always heard my dad say that prayer can change everything. And I don't think I ever really realized what that truly meant until um, the past couple of years, but it really does. It changes your circumstance. It changes your relationships, your feelings, the way that you look at things. Like, it changes your perspective, um, but it, re- it really does, and I think... When I used to think about prayer, it was I would be on my knees in front of my bed with my hands like clasped above my head um, and like a very peaceful and very calm. But I realized that that's not always the case. Like sometimes prayer is banging your hand on the steering wheel because you're so frustrated and you're just yelling at God. Um, it could be crying like on the floor, just like laid out crying. Yeah. Um, because you don't have to come perfect to the Lord. Like, that's not what he's asking you to do. And so I think a lot of times we can avoid the Lord because we don't think that, like, we ourselves are good enough for that. Um, And especially in the last season that we've been going through with my mom, um, like, I've just been very, like, I had been very angry, and so I didn't feel like I could go to the Lord. Like, I was frustrated at myself but I realized that that's all he wanted me to do. And when I realized that I could go to him and like I just wanted him to change my circumstance, and sometimes he doesn't do it on your timeline, and so he might not change your circumstance at that point, but he can change your perspective and he can change your attitude. And so like it, it has been really difficult, like praying and like trusting him through all of this. But when I finally just sat down and prayed, like it did change my attitude. And so it, it did change my circumstance because I looked at it different. Yeah. Like it mended relationships and it mended like my own relationship with the Lord just because I was willing to come to him and say, you know what? I don't have it together. I am angry at you, but that's okay. And that like that mended a lot, I think. Yeah. And so that's the biggest thing that I learned is that prayer changes everything. Yeah, I, I used to have this idea that if we ever questioned, you know, like our circumstance, like if we questioned God, how can we question God? Like he was just going to step on me. You know what I mean? Like he was just going to like just squash me in that moment. Again, back to the teacher concept, right? But I came across these great passages of scripture uh, that says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How can you seek without asking questions, you know? And even when Jesus was dying on a cross, like what, 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 did, he, what did he say? You know, he's, he, he's, he, he, he questioned, you know, God, why have you forsaken me? You know, so even in that moment, like he questioned. And, and, and I realized God can handle your doubt. And God can handle your fear. And God can handle your anger. Uh, but what he wants is your heart. And so when you bring all of that stuff to him, like Blair said, if it's, if it's on the ground crying, if it's, if it's beating a steering wheel, which I've done um, recently, um, this morning. Um, no, I'm kidding. No, this one. Uh, what, I, what I realize is, is, is it, it connects my heart to the Father. So talk to me about how you feel your relationship with Jesus has changed, even since you've been at college. Um, 
So I've grown, obviously I've grown up sitting like in the front row, like that's always been where I've been. And I feel like when I was younger, that's kind of how I saw the Lord too. Like I was sitting on the, sitting on the front row, like I was the perfect little kid. I had the perfect relationship and going to college, I just realized that I really didn't have a relationship at all because I would read my Bible and I would listen to sermons, but I had like no relationship with God. Um, there's a girl that I go to school with, and she's like the sweetest thing, and I, I really love her, and we talk all the time. Like, we're going to go get coffee, and then we never do, and so it's like we have a relationship, but it's not like a close one, yeah. and I feel like we can do that a lot with the Lord, is we say we're going to pray, we say we're going to do all this stuff, and then we never follow through. Like, we never actually do the steps that you have to take to have a relationship, and so this path, like being in college, I've just realized that I, like, I really just didn't have a relationship at all. I had, like, a respect. Mm -hmm. And like you said, with a teacher, like, it was, like, a teacher, but it wasn't a friendship. It wasn't, like, a father-daughter relationship. It was just very, like, one-sided. And so when I started praying, I realized that there was so much more to my relationship with God, and that was, like, the personal aspect of it. Yeah. So let's take it a step further. Did you do that on your own or did that happen in a group setting? Yeah. Um, it was both. And I think that that's necessary is having your personal time with the Lord, but also like in a group setting. Yeah. Um, because it, it gives you a different perspective, like how different people look at the Lord um, and pray to the Lord. Because I know that um, I go to this thing called Lee Prayer at school, and it's been like the best thing ever. Um, but I have started praying differently because of them, because I just see like different people view the Lord in different ways. And so when you see how they, when you see how other people look at the Lord, I think it can also like help the way that you yeah. look at so the Lord. So when you see too. somebody worshiping or going after yeah. Jesus, it just kind of motivates you. I, I wanted to experience that. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I was really proud that mom and I were really proud that you, you got into lead prayer. For, it took us a long time to, to believe that you were actually going to a prayer thing. Uh, <laughs> we call it be Tuesday night. What are you doing? I'm on the way to prayer. I'm like, sure, she's on her way to prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out it was actually prayer. You know, so. I thought it was a club. When I was at UNCW, we had a place called the Zoo. <laughs> it wasn't the Zoo. You know, so like, is this a club called Prayer? You know, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So if, if there's somebody here who, who you would say, like, your next step, you know, can, it can be personal. Where would you tell them to start? Um, I would start by taking, if it's just 15 minutes, to pray. And I know that that... Like, when I went to lead prayer for the first time, it's normally like an hour and 15 minutes, like where we just come together, there's worship, and then you just pray. So the first time I went, I came in and I sat down, and everyone was praying, so I was like, okay, I guess, I guess I'll pray. Like, this is weird, but I'll pray. And so I closed my eyes, and I said all my prayers. Like, I felt like I was going for a really, really long time. And I looked at my phone, and it had only been five minutes. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just pray the same things again, over and over. <laughs> like, it went over and over and over again, I'm and it loop. had only been, like, 30 minutes. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is never going to end. <laughs> and it was so, like, it was so uncomfortable. But 
like after after I'd been going for a while, like I was comfortable with it and I loved going and now like the hour and a half goes by like it's five minutes. So it's been a complete switch. And so I know that prayer can be really uncomfortable because you don't really know what to say or you don't really like know what to do. But I promise you that if you do it consecutively, even if it's weird, it'll be comfortable and it won't be an obligation anymore, but it'll be like your personal time with the Lord that you look forward to every single day. That's amazing. I'm so proud of you. Give my baby a big hand. I love you. I love you. I love you. you can do that. You know, when um, a few years ago, we, we signed up for, for this service that some of you guys probably have. Um, it's called Direct TV. And... <laughs> Right? And, and so what happened was um, they came and put a satellite dish on my house that looks kind of like the one that's going to be on the screen for you a little bit. And, um, and then they came and, and they, wired, um, they wired my house and then they gave us this receiver inside, you know, for every TV. And then they sent me a bill. And, and, and when I paid the bill, like all of a sudden, I had access to all of this information. Um, I had more channels than I could ever watch and more shows than I ever cared about. And, and, and there was just, just, it just lit my house up, right? Um, but then there came a time and a point where the price was more than I was willing to pay. The investment was more than I was willing to make. And so we decided as a family, we were going we to we cut, the, cut the wire or pull the plug or whatever you say, right? And, and we're just, we're just going to get our information in another way. And, and that's what we did. And so I, I, called, the, I called the company and, and, and said, we're not paying you anymore, right? And, and all of a sudden, everything stopped. The information, the channels, all of those things no longer were at my disposal because I was no longer willing to pay the price. But on the surface, nothing changed because they didn't come remove the wiring. They didn't come take my boxes. They didn't even come take the satellite. It's still on the house. But here's what I want you to see. Like I look at that spiritually because you have everything at your disposal. God has already hardwired you for this type of intimate relationship with him. He's given you the opportunity to hear from him, to speak to him. Like he's hardwired you with everything you need to connect with him, to have a personal relationship with him. And the only reason that that doesn't happen is because we are no longer willing to pay the price. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to have that personal relationship with him and I believe if you will he truly will do exceedingly above all you can ask think or even imagine I want you to stand with us if if you will this morning um you know I I've been thinking so much about like our church and 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 what it means for us to make an impact on this city and, and if we're truly going to make an impact, if we're truly going to pastor a city, then I really believe that we've got to be willing to do whatever it takes. I mean, I, I've, 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 I've said it for years, and, and, and I didn't come up with this, but, but I heard somebody say years ago when I was a high school student, if you want to see God do something in your life he's never done before, you must be willing to do something you've never done before. I want to see God move. I want an intimate relationship with him. 
So what is it that I'm not doing? What is it I'm not willing to do? Is it that I'm not studying the Bible like I should? And, 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 and the excuse of, I just don't understand it. That's why I don't read it. That excuse doesn't fly. Because there are life groups here for you to get plugged into. We have one-on-one coaching where somebody will sit down with you and teach you how to study the Bible. There are way too many resources at our disposal to figure out how to do something we don't know how to do. So if it's, if it's, if it's God's word that you're, you're having a hard time, like there are people here who want to walk this journey and help you figure that out. And you have the revelation of the Holy Spirit to teach you. I sat down with a buddy of mine this past week and, and we're having dinner and, and we don't, he's, this sounds horrible, but you have different people in your life that serve different purposes, right? Like you probably have some people who are mentors and they speak spiritual life and then there's that buddy that you have that you just tell jokes and you laugh a lot, you know what I mean? Like, and you don't have the spiritual conversation with that person a lot. Like th- he's kind of my buddy, right? And we joke all the time and we send funny gifs not gifts we send funny gifs to each other and like we just it's just a friend and and we sat down and and we had dinner and our families were together and and he looked at me and he said so um what do you think about the armor of god And, and i said what and he said yeah like from ephesians like like you know where that's at in the bible like it was like mind-blowing to me and 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 he wanted to talk about the armor of god And so we started talking about Ephesians 6. And he said, I want you to know something's happening that's never happened to me before. He said, when I read the Bible, I understand it. And I said, well, what's the difference? And he said, here's what I started doing. Like when I open my Bible before I ever read, I just pray. Holy Spirit, teach me. Because I don't know how to do this. I don't know what this means. I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what this is about. So I need you, Holy Spirit, to open my eyes and teach me. And can I tell you what he's experiencing? Revelation of the Holy Spirit. God is teaching his word to my friend. We have enough information. Information is everywhere. Transformation is scarce. Stephanie met with our team last Sunday and and all through the week we've continued to kind of discuss what we felt like God dropped in her spirit and 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 this is what she said to us and we need to hear it and we need to remember it like we know enough about God like we don't need to just hear about him we need to hear from him we have information I love what Bob Goff said when he said you know we don't need another Bible study we need some Bible doing We have a lot of Christians running around agreeing with everything Jesus said. Nobody wants to do what he said. We agree with everything, but we don't want to do any of it. If you want to experience this personal, intimate relationship with Jesus, you've got to make some investment here. Lord, I pray right now through the